0: tech with abu where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices this is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities different backgrounds religious sports technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone so you can listen to this on your various platforms such as spotify apple music acas google podcast or any other platforms online podcast services that are out there and you're joined with your host abu bakar the podcast called sport tech with abu so subscribe like comment and share this is sport tech
1: with abu Please can you introduce yourself and tell me about the organisation
2: and how it came about.
3: I'm Dr
4: Joanna Baker Rogers of Busy Life Limited. I suppose the roots of busy life are in my lifelong interest as a parent in special needs. My son has autism. And when he was diagnosed at age 3, I had to know everything there was to know about autism. So I did a master's degree at Sheffield Hallam University and then eventually finished my doctorate. I tried to get a job teaching at higher education. I couldn't, so I decided to take a different tack, but still wanted to champion the rights of people with disabilities. So I formed Busy Life.
2: Does the organisation fund employment opportunities, or is it going to further into the future?
4: Well, I'd love to be big enough to fund employment opportunities, and it was something that I would definitely want to do in the future. At the minute, Life is a very new online magazine and we really don't make that much uh, money. But yes, that's something that I would like to do through perhaps sponsoring someone, giving paid employment to people with disabilities and perhaps voluntary work opportunities too.
3: What
2: is preventing employers from selecting people with a disability?
4: Well, I think they're a bit scared, to be honest. Disability is still a very unknown quantity. If we are still talking about how to champion women's rights in employment, well then disability rights must be decades down line. I think there's lots of misconceptions about what someone with a disability can do, particularly in the world of work.
2: Some people do more to support people with learning disabilities.
4: Well, I think you need to be kind. All we need is more kindness in our society. I think that they need to reach out, they need to communicate with them on their level and how they do it and not expect them to be able to do things as someone with a average IQ or higher would be able to actually do
1: Can employers facilitate better for those people with a learning difficulty if it takes them more
2: time to process than normal
4: I just think it's a a reasonable adjustment where you have to give them more time to complete a task, perhaps not speak an instruction, write the instructions down, um, and perhaps break down the task into components that the person with the learning difficulty can understand.
2: People with a learning disability or learning difficulty doing enough to spread awareness that there is something that's preventing them from learning at a normal pace.
4: Well, I think this is a difficult one really, isn't it? Because if you've got a learning difficulty, you've got an extra barrier to actually spreading awareness about your special needs. I think the key is is to get people with learning difficulties out there more, in the media more, in the world of work more, in the world of education more. Then they will become more obvious in society and people will n- understand that they learn but not at the same pace as the majority of the population.
2: Do you think that there is enough work going into helping disabled people?
4: Well, I don't think there's ever going to be um, enough work, to be honest. Whilst this group of people feel they are being discriminated against, there is still definitely more work to actually do.
2: Why are there not enough people being selected? based on their disability rather than for their natural ability.
4: I think it's because it's not a level playing field, is it? Um, I think that people with a disability are regarded as lesser than other, particularly in the world of work. I think there's lots of social barriers and lots of misconceptions that need to be overcome um, in order for them to be selected on their natural ability
2: Why is there such a high discrepancy between disabled people and neurotypical people?
4: Well I think that's because um, neurotypical people It's regarded as how you should be, how you should aspire to be. And I think for disabled people who maybe have a different neurotype, they've got lots of social barriers to overcome. And the neurotypical people that hold the balance of power in society might not really want them actually to be treated as equals.
1: This is Sport Tech with Abu. Tell us a bit more about the Learning Disability Week.
5: My name is Vijay. I'm the Campus Officer at MENCAP. Learning Disability Week is about busting myths. That is for people with a learning disability to be able to achieve things that they can do, just like everyone else. Whereas acting, going on an acting stage, or being able to be a model, or being able to be a football coach, those kind of things. People with a learning disability are able to achieve things within their own talents and be able to go higher to achieve that level. We can do things just like everyone else is able to because we are all human and we are to be seen.
1: How does life feel with a disability?
5: As a person with a learning disability, learning disability to me is that I'm able to do things independently uh, on a lot of stuff that I can do. I would need support with day-to-day things, with things like managing money or on a day-to-day basis. For example, it gives me opportunities to be able to do the things that I enjoy doing because before in the past, I've never had so many opportunities, but now it's giving me freedom to be able to play sports, I play football, for example, for the Mencap 5 side Charity Football League team, and I'm also the captain of the Mencap Football team. It also gives me to be able to socialise with friends or colleagues. We want to have the same opportunities just as everyone else because we, we want to be equal and that we deserve to be inclusive, to be able to take part in these things and not be discriminated because for me, as a person with learning disability, I'm just like a human person, just like everyone else at the end of the day.
1: What can people do more to understand learning disability and how can we help them understand what learning disability is?
5: People can find more information about learning disability by going to our Makeup website where it will tell you all the resources of what a learning disability is. And to help people understand what learning disability is, learning disability is a lifelong condition. So that affects someone for their whole life, which is before, during, and after birth. There's no cure. People can get confused between learning disability and mental health. Learning disability is not to do with mental health. Also, learning disability... It's someone that needs, a person with a learning disability would need someone that needs support on the day-to-day life with everyday support as well that I want to do, which is also similar to be able to have opportunities.
1: What do people need to do more of? to help understand what a learning disability is and how can we help them understand more about learning disabilities?
5: People can get confused between learning disability and mental health because our definition of learning disability is a lifelong condition. So that affects someone for their whole life, um, which is before, during and after birth. The way that people can find more information about learning disability is by going to our Mencap website where they can find all resources and more information about what learning disability is.
1: Can you just explain what the difference is between learning disability and schizophrenia or mental health issues? Can you just elaborate on that? Because someone might put it in the same category as mental health, learning disability?
5: Yeah, so we have types of learning disability which are mild, moderate, severe and profound. And with mental health, people seem to think that learning disability is mental health, which is not true. People do really get confused between learning disability and mental health. We just go along the basis of our types of as people of learning disability. In the past, we don't want the public to call learning disability mental health because that's nothing to do about people getting treated for mental health it's only we focus on is about learning disability and it's nothing to do things with mental health
1: how can employers recruit more people either with a learning disability or the learning difficulty
5: With employers, I want to be able to give them a chance for people with a learning disability to be able to work, to get a job. It's important for me to be able to get a job, to have that opportunity, but also to have a working career environment to be able to work with colleagues, but also to be able to have a paid job. For me, as a person with a learning disability, and for others as well, I want those people as well to have the chance just like as everyone else without people who don't have a learning disability they can do a job I don't see why not us people with a learning disability as well can do the job because we can also do that job and we can able to do tasks we are capable of doing things when we need to and when we need support we can just ask colleagues to help provide support for people with learning disability and to be able to try new tasks out, um, really, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what experience you have, we deserve to be able to be able to work. Um, If we are given a chance to be able to do a work trial, I want the place to see that we can do it and we're not afraid of doing it.
1: So you think that it helps employers to work with employees together
5: sometimes employees understand of applying someone with learning disability but not many do but that's because we want them to understand that they should apply a person with learning disability when they apply for a job we have the talents to showcase that we can do the job just like everyone else and we deserve to be seen and it's important that people work with us as well in any career environment we go to.
1: What can employers do more to spread the message of learning disability and learning difficulty?
5: I think what employers can do is speak to organisations of different charities of people with learning disability and come to talk to us people with learning disability Because we have experiences and we can share our stories to tell them that we are able to do things. We are capable of doing things independently. We are not robots. We are just normal human beings.
1: you think it's important that we have a mix of friends in a group so we can help understand each other better? It's
5: important to have friends and colleagues around people. It's important to work together as well. It's about helping each other out at the end of the day, because like you, as they say, like you're never on your own. You always got someone to support you when you need it. Because if you're struggling um, to find a job, there's someone always there that can put in touch with the right people and they can help you eventually progress you to be able to get that job. It It will take time, but it will come eventually for you to be able to achieve that dream that you want to be and want to go into.
1: What can recruitment staff do better to engage people of diversity and recruit more different people from different backgrounds?
5: As people with learning disability, it's point that recruitment people employ a whole diverse of um, people with learning disability, from Black and Asian ethnic minority to white right to any ethnic minority it's important that it's all mixed but not one size fits all everyone within the diversity can work and it's important that it's all inclusive so that's the main message really it's everyone all being diverse but also it's all being about inclusive so that no one from each different minority background is being discriminated they can go to our website which is the mencap website and at our mencap website they will be able to find resources for things about learning disability finding out information about mythbusters finding out about the services we provide my name is vj i'm the campus officer at mencap and you are listening to sport tech with abu
1: this is sport tech with abu
6: sure. I'm the Engaging Communities and Volunteering Manager for Diabetes UK across the north of England. I work with our volunteers, our communities across the north in outreach and partnership to support people affected by diabetes.
0: Could you tell a bit about Diabetes UK and this event that's happening this week from the 12th till the 18th of June?
6: Diabetes UK is the largest charity leading the fight against diabetes. We're here to support people affected by all all types of diabetes. We offer lots of information and campaign to improve the lives of people with diabetes. So we have a helpline, which is 0345 123 2399, where people can call and get advice on anything to do with diabetes and living with diabetes. And as you said, this week is a National Diabetes Week. That's for ourselves, um, for healthcare professionals working in, in diabetes, and anybody living with, with diabetes to come together to make a change, uh, make a difference um, for for people affected by diabetes. Our kind of theme this year is kind of more than a number. So often, people living with diabetes will have to be aware of their foods, carb counting, calorie counting. And they've got technology that supports them to track their blood sugars to make sure they're taking the right medication the right insulin dosage every day our focus this week is looking at the individual behind those numbers and supporting everybody that people are more than a number and remembering that those
3: people need support with their diabetes and to live well with their diabetes so yeah this week is national diabetes week
1: Can you explain what is diabetes type 1 and what is type 2 and why do you feel that we're so susceptible to diabetes, particularly in the BAME community? Diabetes is a serious condition where the person's
6: blood glucose level is too high. So it happens when our bodies don't produce enough insulin or the insulin we produce isn't effective. So there's two main types of diabetes. Type one diabetes, so that person can't make insulin. Usually they will have to take insulin through injections and that's a lifelong condition and there's type 2 diabetes where the insulin the person makes either can't work effectively or we don't produce enough of it. Now they're both different conditions but both very serious. We know that um, the risk factors for type 2 diabetes, they're really complex and there's lots of them. Um, so they include things we can't change, so our age, our family history and our ethnicity um, and also if we're living with overweight or obesity. But we also know social deprivation is a big issue for type 2 diabetes. So factors such as income, education, housing, access to healthy food and access to healthcare, we know that they're strongly linked to an increased risk of developing several health conditions, including obesity and type 2 diabetes. Um, In terms of ethnicity, we know that type 2 diabetes is Two to four times more likely in people of South Asian descent and African-Caribbean or Black African descent. Um, We don't know exactly why this is, um, but the important thing is that type 2 diabetes isn't inevitable and there are things we can do to reduce our risk. And we do have a risk tool at Diabetes UK, which is on our website, where you can find out your risk of of developing type 2 diabetes. We do know that having a close family relative with diabetes will increase your risk of of developing diabetes. Um, So as I mentioned briefly before, we've got our um, Know Your Risk tool on our website. um, And it's free and really quick to, to carry out. So if anyone's concerned about what their risk is of developing type 2 diabetes, is. It's just a few simple questions based on those risk factors so age, ethnicity family history but it also it looks at your waist size, your BMI and um, if you've got high blood pressure so that's really important because type 2 diabetes is serious but it's not inevitable so if you know that you're at increased or high risk of developing type 2 diabetes there's lots of support available to help reduce your risk and, and you're not on your own. At Diabetes UK we have a lot of support Um, And the NHS have a prevention programme as well that's um, free and accessible for people in in England. Um, We know that about half of the diagnoses for type 2 diabetes could be prevented or delayed. So that's why, you know, we do encourage people to look at the risk tool. If you know, you can get support and make changes to lifestyle, including healthy eating and moving more to
0: reduce your risk. Technology is a huge factor of it as well. So I know someone they've got the actual piece of kit built into the arm or something like that and they wave the phone over and it goes straight to the nurse how easy is accessible that or is that still to be built in to be done
6: Technology someone can access will be based on their, their local healthcare uh, provider. So, um, if they go to their diabetes uh, clinic or their GP, they can ask uh, what technology they can get access to, and they can talk through the different options for them. It's based on kind of what their healthcare professional would say.
0: What piece of technology would it be like for them, for example, if they're type one or type two?
6: So there's lots of technology out there now so uh, sensors that people can wear which help to track your, your blood glucose level and some of those can connect to your arm or your waist um, some people have finger prick testing where they will um, prick their fingers to, to draw blood to, to check their blood glucose
3: levels so there's lots of ways to, to measure your, your blood glucose level in terms of delivering insulin for people with type 1 diabetes but also some people with type 2 diabetes. Some people use injections or what we call a diabetes
6: pen and some people have a pump that's connected to them that delivers the insulin. So there are lots of ways to to do that as well. So there's lots of different technologies. So that's why we encourage people to speak to the healthcare professional to have that conversation around what's right for them.
0: The toolkit that you're telling us, uh, could you explain how that came in and whose idea was that? It's quite a good tool to have in there because some people might not know how to control their diet what they're eating with the sugar or sweet or what they shouldn't be eating so where did this actually toolkit come from and who created it
3: i know your risk tool was developed by Diabetes uk the university of leicester um, at the University Hospital of Leicester NHS Trust. So there's a bit of information
6: on our website around the development of that as well. And the questions are all based on research and, and, and the development of that tool. As I said, it looks at your, your gender, your age, um, your ethnicity, family history, and then your waist circumference, BMI, and um, your history with, with your blood pressure as well,
0: um, because we know those risk factors are linked to developing type 2 diabetes. Following on with that, like you said, with BMI and it looks at the weight, what does the ideal male has to be to have the blood pressure to be controlled? And what does the ideal female? Because some people have disabilities and like myself, I'm registered blind. It depends what kind of category fall under as well.
6: It will be different for everybody. As you said, you know, it's, it's dependent on your, um, your height um, and your medical background. So I'd encourage people to complete the you Know Your Risk tool and speak with their GP or their healthcare professional to get more information on kind of, of ways you can reduce your risk because we know that it, you know it's dependent. So your risk of developing type 2 diabetes increases with age. It increases in uh, white community if you're over 40, but in the South Asian community and people from a black African or black Caribbean background, that risk increases from the age of 25 your weight and your BMI is just one part of it. So that's why we encourage people to look at the, the Know Your Risk or to, um, to get a better understanding of their risk as a whole so that then they can go with their healthcare professional and have those conversations on, on some of the changes they can make.
1: Is there more we can do to prevent diabetes other than bring under control the risk factors? Or is there very little we can do? Diabetes is serious but with the right guidance and support um, so including kind of regular
3: health checks you know with your healthcare professional and um, we know that over half of, of the cases can be prevented
6: or delayed and um, so so there is a lot that people you know can do um, and we do think that understanding your risk of diabetes is the start of that journey because then you can make the, the right choices for you on how to how to keep healthy for people living with diabetes uh, there's lots of information out there um on kind of the importance of those regular health checks such as eye screening and foot checks um to avoid some of the complications of diabetes so that they can live a long and healthy life with with diabetes we know that with the right information support and good diabetes care people can't live long healthy lives with diabetes um, and some people with type 2 diabetes can put their condition into remission with specialist support and guidance and so you know the, the, the lifestyle um changes are really important, but also that that interaction with your healthcare professional and making sure that you you get the the quality care that you need.
1: How vital do you think exercise is to diabetes and how much exercise are we supposed to do in the course of a day? So we know there isn't one type of activity that's best for everyone with
6: diabetes. It's about finding what works for you. But you know what what people enjoy um and also how much time people can give as well to to raise their activity levels and and to move more um so it's best to try and do a mixture of types you know of activities um because different activities will have different benefits um so making sure that you kind of raising your heart rate um and maybe you know where people can that that breathlessness when you're talking so a good you know fast-paced walk or but getting that that heart rate going when you've got diabetes keeping your heart healthy is even more important um, because you're at risk of complications including heart disease so there's lots of activities that are really good for that gardening um, can help with strength
3: um, and you know we say you know small changes like parking further away from the, the supermarket so that
6: you know, you're walking, walking more and carrying your bags and um, things like that. So, so there's lots of different ways people can keep active and move more, and we know that that's really beneficial for people at risk of diabetes, but also living with diabetes. There's lots of information on our website, diabetes.org.uk, around making the healthy choice, Um, so around lifestyle and diet choices as well. There are little simple swaps, um, ways to reduce portion sizes, recipe ideas, and and how to eat healthy on a budget, Um, because the best way that you can reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes and live well with diabetes is to combine those lifestyle changes of diet
3: and um, increasing your activity and moving more. And we have a free learning zone on our website which is tailored to you so there's you, you go on there and put in your information so whether you're at risk of diabetes you've got a diagnosis how long you've had the diagnosis and it tailors that information to the user and offers
6: support on lifestyle choices and healthy eating but also some of that care and support information
3: as well
1: What are the indications of symptoms for type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Which age do they start from? And what's a healthy heart rate to have?
6: Type 1 diabetes, um, the diagnosis can happen at any age. We do tend to see younger people um, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, um, but it can happen at any age. And it tends to come on um, much more rapidly. So we say the forties um for the symptoms, which are uh, toilet, so going to the toilet more, especially at night. Uh, thirst, so being really thirsty. Um, tired, so fe- feeling more tired than usual. And thinner. So losing weight without trying to. So those are the four T's, we call them, as a nice easy way to remember it. Um, And they're really important with type 1 diabetes. If you notice any of them, um, speak to your healthcare professional um, and you'll be given a a blood test for for type 1 diabetes because you can develop severe health conditions and severe life-threatening conditions very quickly with undiagnosed type 1 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a little trickier so a lot of people don't get any signs or symptoms or they don't notice them and that's why it's so important for people to know about the risk factors of the condition and use that risk tool on our website. But the symptoms are similar to type 1 diabetes so going to the toilet more, feeling really thirsty, feeling more tired than usual or losing weight without trying to but it might be that they're much slower to come about or that they don't all happen at once so the symptoms can be harder to spot. As I've mentioned, the risk of developing type 2 diabetes increases with in age. There's
3: some other risk factors there as well. So we do encourage people to use our Know Your Risks tool on our website to get more information and support with type 2 diabetes risk.
0: What are the three positive would you say if someone had diabetes, either type 1 or type 2, what three best advice would you give? In the UK as a whole, there's now over 5 million people
6: living with diabetes, and in the north of England, there's over 1 million people diagnosed, so we do have a large percentage of that that population with diabetes. Across Greater Manchester alone, there's more than 188,000 people um, living with diabetes. It's a really serious condition, and and that's why it's so important to talk about it and to raise awareness. But the positive side, so at Diabetes UK, we are here to help. So we can offer support and advice, and we've got lots of information and resources. So our helpline are a team of highly trained advisors, and they can provide specialist information and advice on all aspects of diabetes. Um, The number is 0345 123 2399. But we've also got that local element of support. So in the north of England, we have a Facebook group for support, which is run by our staff team here at Diabetes UK. And you can find that by searching for Diabetes UK chat, your friends in the north. Our north team are also available over the phone on 01925 or over email at north at diabetes.org.uk. We've got so much information and support for people out there,
0: um, so we really would encourage anyone to get in touch with us if they, if they want to connect or if they um, need any information or support to, to help them with their diabetes. How was your involvement with uh, Diabetes UK and how did you find out and how is your going forward with this as well? What have you got planned in the future with Diabetes UK?
6: i'm really lucky at diabetes uk because i get to work with our fantastic volunteers um, supporters and, and partners across the north of england and um, so we have a brilliant network of volunteers in greater manchester and we have peer support available in greater manchester so if anybody is living with diabetes or at risk of diabetes and they want some support i'd encourage them to get in touch with our local team on 01925 653281, and we can put them in touch with someone local to have a conversation and a chat and those volunteers are brilliant and and they're really supportive. I also get a chance to work with like-minded organisations across the north and we're all working towards the same end goal to tackle health inequalities and to improve the lives of people living with or affected by diabetes so I'm really lucky in my role I get to work with some fantastic people.
1: What can we do to tailor our diet to suit a better lifestyle?
6: At Diabetes UK we know that eating a healthy balanced diet is important for everyone and not everyone who's at risk of developing type 2 diabetes is carrying extra weight but it's still important to make those healthier food choices where we can so it's not always easy and we know that things like the cost of living can impact the decisions we're able to make regarding what we eat and what we can buy in the shops but there is lots of information available on our website to make the healthy choice the easier choice and the affordable choice including kind of guidance on simple swaps and ways you can reduce portion sizes, recipe ideas and, and guidance on how to eat healthily on a budget. We've also got lots of information on our learning zone, which is a free online resource, which includes support on healthy eating. So I'd encourage people to head to our website, diabetes.org.uk, to find out more about that healthy balanced diet and what we recommend for um, some of those
3: swaps, For, as you said, those, those cravings and some of those nicer foods that we want to eat. At Diabetes UK, Okay, we have a helpline which is available for people to access that specialist information and advice
6: on living with diabetes and you can call our helpline on 0345 123 2399 and our website is full of information and support around the different types of diabetes and um, healthy eating and, and lifestyle as well and that's www.diabetes.org.uk. At Diabetes UK we also have our regional team so um, we're based in the north of England and so if you want to get in touch with us um, or find kind of local volunteers or supporters to get in touch with you can reach us on 01925 653 or you can email nor at diabetes. Diabetes is D-I-A-B-E-T. UK for more information. My name's Jennifer Shaw. I'm the engaging communities and volunteering manager for Diabetes UK across the North of England. You're listening to Sport Tech with
0: Abu. Thank you for listening to the Sport Tech with Abu today. With various of platforms of interviews specialising in their special needs and various of topics that we cover every episode. So. Please give us a like, comment, share, and please subscribe to the Sport Tech with Abu. And also you can find me on more various of social media platforms as well, such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So Facebook page is Abu Bakr Sports and Technology. Facebook ID is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. And Twitter is Abu Ish 30. That's A-B-U-I-S-H 30 as the number 30. And my Instagram is Abu Bakr Ishtiak. That's A-B-U-B-A-K-R i-s-h-t-i-a-q so please give a like
2: comment share and subscribe to my sport tech with abu because we cover every angle